Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Jenna Linekins, CSO and co-founder of Total Brand Experience. Jenna, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. So tell us about your company, about Total Brand Experience. I'd love to. This is such a great platform to have this conversation. So thanks again. TBX, as we're known, it was birthed in COVID, essentially, but rooted in over 100 years of live event and experiential experience. And so sort of coming out guns a blazing in the wild west of, of events, March of 2020, TBX was birthed. And we've done about 70 virtual events since then and learned a lot and recognize that each of these these experiences moving forward and what we started with was rooted not only in experience, but in empathy, right? Because everybody had a different journey that they were walking starting back in March of 2020 and had different challenges and had different goals they needed to achieve. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a trip. It's been wonderful. And we're, you know, we're charging ahead for sure. Awesome. You pulled off starting a company during COVID. Not an easy feat. Yeah, thanks. A lot of people have said that, you know, I think it takes a, you know, it takes a lot of passion and it takes a lot of guts. And like I said before, it takes a lot of empathy. Indeed. Indeed. So now human connection happens at an in-person event the the old-fashioned way. You're in the same space with people, you're meeting, you're hanging out, you're schmoozing, etc. And now in my personal experience, this kind of connection is really the richest and most impactful. And the the kind of online events that I've been to, they're, they're so different. You don't get that same kind of intimate connection. What's your take on that? How can you begin to engineer the kind of personal human connection that you would normally get with somebody face to face? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I think it starts from your point of view, right? We are live event and experiential creators, creatives, and producers. So we approach everything from that perspective, right? And that's the, that's the beginning. We are not a technology platform and we are not simply, you know, in-person producers and creatives. We, we really understand that our point of view is important. And that point of view is all about creating these human experiences within a virtual or hybrid venue. And so, they have to be rooted in emotion. So when you're approaching the idea of doing a virtual event, you have to think about, you know, what do you want people to feel? What do you want them to think? What are the goals? What are the, what is the business that needs to be done? But how do you also connect people in a meaningful way? And so that is how the thought process begins, right? Whether it's an association, a brand, or a corporation, each has different goals and each has has different strategies. And our job is to help reach each of those and exceed each of those through our approach and how we build it, what it looks like. I think the important thing when you're looking at a virtual event or a hybrid event that people are not just watching. It's not a passive experience. It's a true um, collaborative experience, right? So people viewing from home or offices or virtually are given opportunities to connect with one another. And there's a lot of great platforms and there's a lot of great tools out there to create that, right? There's networking spaces, there's communication areas, there's 
there's all of this. There's ways to engage, have music even come in and, and, and collaborate on let what do we want to hear together? What do we want to experience? What do we want to feel? So it's really important that it's not a passive experience, right? So sometimes as we go into hybrid now, we're thinking of, okay, there's going to be people that want to visit and watch and participate from home. And there's people that want to get back up and shake hands and, you know, and do the stuff you were talking about, right? That evokes emotion and all of this. But we also have to be really respectful of those people that still want to participate from home or their offices aren't letting them. What do we do? So we need to create experiences for each group, right? That are authentic, engaging, and meaningful. So while they both might be looking or watching or or experiencing similar content, each is having a unique experience in the venue in which they're they they're standing, right? So we might for for somebody at home create some kind of special backstage or background, you know, innovation room where they are having one-on-one or, you know, 10-on-one interactions with visionaries or luminaries, right? Or and then at the live event we might or the in-person event, you're calling them the right things because this is a live event we're having right now. The live right. and we're talking. Right. The in-person experience would offer something different. Right. So there's there's a benefit for both participants. Right. And we don't call people guests. We call them participants wherever they're joining because we want people to be actively participating. So, you know, the virtual events have trained us and, you know, to be digital, but the expectations have been evolved in how the event is experienced, which is what I was just explaining. And the demographic and technologies and the trends, you know, they're all evolving. There, There's no right way to do it. But what we do know for sure is that people do not want to be passively watching. People are tired. So we have to really create these experiences for them at home. You know, and that's that's sort of it in the nutshell. You know, this new time has allowed us incredible opportunity as creatives, as producers, as experientials, as, you know, production groups, because this term disruptive innovation has been used, but no time in the recent past has there been a more disruptive moment in our industry and maybe, you know, I can think of a few, but really in our industry that has upended so many people's careers, so many corporations, brands, associations, plans. But this is a time for us to take it by the horns and and take that disruption and create new rules and new plans. So there's greater success. There's greater engagement and and there's greater participation. Right. Because what you're seeing now is far greater participation, you know, and Mm. corporations and associations don't want to lose that audience either because that audience is important. It's valuable and it, it, it deserves the respect that it, that it is. Right. Mm. So we now have an opportunity to be innovators again, right. And rewrite all the rules in this industry and be able to really approach live events, virtual events, hybrid events from a, place of compassion, empathy, creative, and safety. So mm-hmm. that was a long answer to your question. <laughs> but a good answer, right. So the crisis that we've all experienced and, and to some extent are still experiencing experiencing can breed yeah. opportunity, can breed innovation, like you've been saying. So 
what's what's a real life example if you can pull one from an event that you've been part of that you've put together to make it not a passive experience for those who are doing it virtually like what's one example of what that looks like I'll give you one that was very early on, right? Because it's evolved a lot from March 2020 to today. Early, early on, we there was this Grammy award-winning singer, and you know, a lot of the a lot of the artists were really interested in getting out there to part, you know, to to entertain and to uplift, etc. So we brought in a live feed and we, we brought in all of the attendees and everybody got access to this singer and everybody was doing, you know, giving requests in live time. That's a very simple thing to do. This is not, you know, brain surgery. This is something that people have done and, and, and continue to do. But even something as simple as music can connect people on a human level, right? Then just content, constant content. We also learned that, you know, keynotes from CEOs, they can't be two and a half hours like they are sometimes in, you know, in person. They need to be a minute and a half because people people are thirsty to connect. And maybe it's through brain dates and maybe it's through through private meetings or luminary sessions, right? It, it, people don't just want to be fed content. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things that worked really well was, which lots of people are doing. This is not, this is not, you know, anything different than many people are doing, you know, sending, doing like sommelier tasting with bourbon or with escape rooms, all these kinds of things that are, you know, some people may think are a little bit kitschy, but when you're virtual and you want to connect and you want to have an experience, these are things that work. But now we're getting to a point where the expectations have completely shifted, right? That is no longer enough. We need to have broadcast quality content and needs to be delivered in a seamless fashion. It's almost like imagine the Oscars or an award show, a red carpet show, right? The interaction and engagement needs to be along the lines of somebody walking the red carpet and doing interviews. So the people at home feel like they are there and, oh, that's cool. And, oh, that looks neat. And, you know, the the quality of the engagement, the quality of the broadcast, the quality of the content are really, really important. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And easier said than done. Right. It takes some doing to to create quality content, like high definition video, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, any that should be sort of the norm, right? It, it really should. It should. You should be striving for that. But what I can tell you is that in hybrid events, budgets need to be looked at very carefully because mm-hmm. hybrid events cost more than virtual and they cost more than in person because of that broadcast quality, because of the high definition, because of the equipment, because of the whole usually separate staff that needs to be in place mm-hmm. to work hybrid versus hybrid versus the in-person. So, you know, as major brands, major corporations and smaller associations are looking at this, it's important that as they put together their 2022 budgets and things like that, that they really look at what that, what the costs are and talk with somebody or talk with people or their agency or their experts to really understand what those cost implications are to achieve it. And even though there may be cost implications, it may ultimately be very satisfying, right? Because you're going to garner a larger audience. You may have more sponsors. You'll have more interest in the brand experience. You know, so there's benefits, but there are uh, budget implications for sure. So this might seem like an obvious question, but 
why does the production value of, say, pre-recorded talks, segments, why does that need to be at a high level? Well, it, again, these are great questions you're asking. That's probably why you have such a great podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, just like on a Zoom, right? You don't want the feed cutting in and out. You want to be able to hear what people are saying. You want to be able to see their faces. And to provide an experience that's authentic and it's important to to recognize that the people providing it have put in the thought, effort, and expense to go that extra mile to allow the the viewer at home or home office a you know a also a superior experience just like the people that are there in person right it's it's respect of the viewer it's respect of the brand or the company or the association and it's also it, you know in this world of of digital expectation it's people have high expectations and you need to deliver. Otherwise, people will say, hey, no, thank you. I'm going to go to the next event. I'm going to go to the another event that I was invited to that really provided a good use of my time, you know, because people, yeah. people's time is valuable and we want to be respectful of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you 100 percent. And that's partly because, you know, I'm in the production business, too. But I've been to a couple virtual events over the past year where the quality of pre-recorded segments or even the live feed just wasn't that great. Right. And on the one hand, it's just annoying when things cut out. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's, if a pre-recorded video or whatever it is just isn't of a certain quality, you get a feeling like, well, the organizers of this event didn't seem to really care about that very much. So why, why should I? And yeah. especially if you paid for it, you want to feel like you're getting your money's worth. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the other part is there's there's certain FAQs that, you know, people that are participating need to know, right? It's which which browser is going to be best for me to join in mm-hmm. as, as my coming through a VPN. And will that create a problem for me? Is there technical help and support live during this event if I'm having mm-hmm. a problem? You know, there's there's a lot of questions that need to be answered to be able to provide the best experience going in also. And and some of these virtual events, you know, they can live on for three months, six months, a year, 24 mm. seven. So for somebody who has uh, sponsorships or somebody who has, who has sort of a different investment, you, you can still sell tickets or sell viewership opportunities to new people for an event that happened three months ago who still want to come in and view content or view the experience, right? So there, there's still benefit to sponsors. There's still benefit to brands, corporations, and associations if you're looking at, if, you know, if you're looking at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. There's a lot of moving parts there. And also, of course, if you do a good job of the content, you can reuse it doesn't have to be just for that event. I mean, you should reuse it to get the most, yeah. to get the most value out of it. Yeah, it should be used, you know, across all your social channels. I, I call them social and business channels, right? Business mm-hmm. channels like LinkedIn and, and those yeah. kinds of things. And, and also it's important to, to find out where your audience spends most of their time on those channels, right? Is your audience a Twitter audience? Is your audience a mm-hmm. LinkedIn audience? Is your audience cross between all of them, because that will let you and your social team know where to sort of spend the time and and will be able to gauge what content they want to see, because the content that someone wants to see on LinkedIn may be different than on an Instagram reel or, you know, or uh, over Twitter. So it's important from that perspective, but backtracking a little bit when we talk about audience acquisition, right? Because you want mm-hmm. people to attend, right? If it's not like a 
a sales meeting or a symposium that like you're required to attend for your company, you know, brand association, but you want people to attend. How do you do that? So, you know, we talk about audience acquisition. We talk about drip campaigns. We talk about looking at where your audience spends most of their time and how we can be forward facing to them in a respectful way, but still getting their attention to want to participate in the event that you have coming up. So that's something to really think about also. Definitely. Now, I think I said this earlier, one of the big, a big part of the value, at least in my experience of going to these events in person is what happens between the official sessions and at night, just hanging out with people, you know, Mm -hmm. getting to meet people, bump into people and just having these kind of unplanned chats and that sort of thing. Can you replicate that virtually? And if so, how do you do that? We wouldn't replicate it, right? Because there's no way to say you're going to tell somebody in all honesty, you're going to have exactly the same experience that you would have if you were in person. But there are ways that we do it, right? We have happy hours. We have we have different galleries that we create. There's rooms that people can come in and it's not a Zoom, right? It's coming in right through whatever the, you know, the venue is you're using and having these conversations and sharing ideas. I think it has a lot to do with 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 the people leading it, right? Is it a luminary? Is it a, is it a, you know, a special musician that's coming in and doing a private concert? Is it an opportunity short of like shaking hands and hugging at the bar? We've done a really good job of replicating human connection and networking rooms in one-on-one sort of brain date situations or in small groups of 10, you know, or crowdsourcing, right? What do you want to, for that event, crowdsourcing during the event what do you want to hear? Who do you want to talk to? What are you interested? Then what we do is after we've sort of crowdsourced and we've gone through this gamification, if you will, mm-hmm. to crowdsource, we then put these people in rooms together and they all are sharing similar interests, similar ideas, similar uh, topics they want to discuss. And then that in and of itself is exciting, right? Because you've been now put into a room with people or into a space, into an environment with people who are like-minded or have similar questions. So gamification is really important. Everybody has a competitive streak and everybody wants to participate in some way. And through that gamification, we can crowdsource, we can reward, we can gift. We do yoga suites, we do gifting suites, right? We do, you know, you know, sort of walking in and touching it, you're, you're right there saying, oh, you know, in a gifting suite, do you like that? I like this. I want this. Do you want mm-hmm. that? We're having these interactions that, you know, sort of feeling like the heat from someone else's skin, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. And, and people are, are feeling satisfied, even though there is a huge urge to want to go back. I get it. Yeah. But you don't want to lose there is a brand and I'm not, I won't say their name. There's a brand who did this incredible, incredible event every year for like a thousand people. They bring a thousand people in, do this incredible event. It was like sky's the limit on the experience. Fantastic. They couldn't do it obviously in 2020. They did it virtually. They had 10,000 people that were able to join and have this incredible virtual experience using AR, using, you know, all of the technologies, you know, AR, AI. I mean, there's like a thousand of them and, and they loved it. So now this brand is saying, what are we going to do in 2021? Because we want to capture that 10,000 plus audience that was able to 
attend. We also want to still bring those thousand people to the live event, right? And, and so that's important to companies and brands. You know, they don't want to lose that audience. They, and, and they were satisfied with it, right? They loved it. And now, you know, there's innovation companies that create these experiences that are safe, touchless, you know, there was a good one I just saw from with Don Julio and, and another agency. And I know that the innovation company that helped them build that build that was uh, used all of the technologies we're talking about and many that we're not talking about. So there's just so many tools from like from the use of your phone that can activate a vending machine or that can activate a, you know, an experience through the computer. There's so many things that are that are still percolating that people haven't even seen or experienced that is going to be, you know, mind boggling as this hybrid, this hybrid expands and explodes. So, you know, I think people just need to sort of stay tuned and mm-hmm. participate in as, in as much as they can and give honest feedback to the producers, right? Because without the honest feedback, it can, it won't get better. Really cool. So this is a pretty exciting time for this industry, really, after a year of total upheaval. But this is a good time in a lot of ways. I think so. I think the best part of the story, honestly, right now is that people are going back to work Mm -hmm. and agencies are beginning to thrive. Hotels are beginning to thrive. Venues are beginning to thrive. And and when when the industry is thriving and people are thriving, then good things are going to happen for sure. Absolutely. So final thoughts Uh, for our listeners who are looking into a hybrid event or virtual events, where do you, where do you start? What's, what's the first thing they should be thinking about? Well, the first thing that they should think about is what are the goals of the event, right? And then we talk about a strategy to get to achieve the goals. And then we need to talk about budget, right? To make sure that we're, we're able to achieve those. And that if the budget is, is wherever it is, that you need to be working with a company that can help you achieve those goals or direct you in a way to achieve those goals that will meet your budget. You know, everybody's business is important and no business should be pushed to the side because of, you know, it doesn't have a threshold. There's somebody for everybody out there. And I, and I urge everybody to ask lots and lots of questions because if somebody's not willing to answer your questions, whether you do business with them or not, that would be a red flag for me. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for your time and for an awesome conversation. This is great. Thanks for having me. And I'm available if anybody, you know, wants to reach out and has any questions, you know, you can toss my email up there. I'm, I'm always open to conversation. Great. Well, we're going to put a link to your LinkedIn on our, in the show notes. And so folks reach out to Jenna to learn all about, all about events and hybrid events. Well, Jenna, thank you again. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Have a great day. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.